0: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we
1: go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! We're here to help you win your league and have bragging rights on your friends. Let's go! Now,
2: here's Adam, Dave, and Dave. NFL Draft
3: Special. We're going to bring on R.J. White in a little bit to talk about the best prospects and talk about the draft. R.J. did a seven-round mock draft. You can check that out on CBSports.com. Welcome to Fantasy Football today on Monday, April 23rd. Hey, you want to join the podcast league? Gonna tell you how in just a second. But here's Dave and Jamie. Hey guys.
1: Yo. Hi, Adam. Hey,
3: there we go. Now he's excited. All right.
1: What's gonna be longer? This podcast or the setting up of this podcast where we had to do like four different uh, mic checks?
3: I'm in a really I'm just very annoyed at technical. Issues very annoyed and I'm trying, I'm gonna to try to be very, very happy today so people don't know how annoyed I am. How's that sound? Okay. Shut up, Dave. Alright, let's go. So, t- <laughs> Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are expected to play this season. We're just gonna run through the notes here. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're surprised. Baltimore signed Willie Sneed to a two-year seven million dollar deal with more than three million dollars in incentives so he could make more than ten million dollars Sneed off the Saints onto the Ravens. Des Bryant will not be a Raven. What do you guys think about this?
0: It's the retread receiving core. Right? Ugh. Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed.
3: So Flacco's top trying, to top. trying to
0: lure Andre Johnson out of retirement?
3: Flacco's top five, top eight. We're <laughs> oh, top three. Uh, Sneed, would you draft him in like a 14 team league or, or no?
0: No. Yeah, PPR.
1: No.
3: Okay. Um, Landon Collins had a second surgery on his arm. He's out six to eight weeks. Should be ready for training camp. Oakland is likely to pick up Amari Cooper's fifth year option. Why wouldn't they pick up Amari Cooper's fifth year option? They will. Why
1: wouldn't they? Yeah. I'm not sure why they wouldn't do
3: it. They have to.
1: And they did. Oh, or, they picked it up? I, what? Either they're going to or they will. Yeah, I thought
3: it was they were they're, going yeah. to. Um. All right, well, that's not really much of a story. So this is Peter King says that the Browns will not take Josh Allen, number one. What up with that, fellas?
1: We've had a lot of talks in the office about that because, you know, it's draft week. One of the ideas I have is that if if the Browns graded three of the quarterbacks closely together, couldn't they take a player to a different position at one? And then just take whatever quarterback's left over at four?
3: Uh I mean unless they have yes, 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 they could. Yes.
1: Like if they're if they're really not sold on Allen or Darnold or Mayfield, and I would imagine that's their top three, they can go and take Bradley Chubb and have an amazing pass rush duo. And then they can go and get another quarterback at four and they're uh on their way. That's true. Could still be Allen at four
3: as well. Yeah. Uh but yes, they did pick up Mari Cooper's contract not long ago. It's it's official. Alright, so we've had a lot, you know, Prisco's been all about it, that Josh Allen's going number one overall. Um heard Sam Darnold a few weeks ago would go number one. And we shall see. Very excited. It's on Thursday and day three NFL draft picks on Saturday are going to be announced very cleverly. Highlighted probably by a parrot that's going to announce the Tampa Bay Buccaneers picks. Also the the Stoneman Douglas kids. Uh, the football team, uh, announcing the Dolphins picks is gonna be, is very, gonna be very emotional. But cool stuff that they're doing. Should be fun. How, we, we
0: Watch the draft on CBS Sports HQ.
3: Yes, I was gonna ask you guys, you, you, uh, tell me, how can I watch draft coverage this year? On CBS Sports HQ. Okay, so I'm gonna download the CBS Sports app and I'm gonna watch CBS Sports HQ. And you can sit there and write on your, your Roku, your Apple TV, any connected device you have, download the CBS Sports app. And maybe you guys can tell me a little bit more about uh, the coverage that we will have on on CBS Sports HQ. Give me a, a promo.
0: We will have Pete Prisco and Chris Trapasso. Chris is our uh, NFL draft analyst. Live in Dallas where the NFL draft is happening. We will have uh, Brady Quinn and one of our hosts in Cleveland who has, if you have not heard, the first and the fourth picks, the Browns do. And then in studio we will have uh, former NFL player Brian McFadden former NFL quarterback Danny Cannell, uh, our host Nick Costos, and I will be doing uh the fantasy breakdown for the picks as they come in Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
3: Very cool. It's going to be a long weekend for you. It will, yes. <laughs> Have some coffee. Uh Well, it's going to be great. If you're tired of uh the same old draft coverage on the networks, check out CBS Sports HQ. You will not regret it. Uh let me ask you guys also
0: have uh, uh instant breakdowns of all the players on the site that you could read about.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean we we kill it. We crush the draft season. Let me ask you guys the three draft picks that you would like to see for fantasy purposes on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Three draft picks that you would like to see.
1: Go ahead, Dave. uh I'm gonna go with Saquon Barkley going to Tampa Bay. I think that's the best fit. I don't think he would bring down anybody's value. I don't think he'd hurt anybody. I think it's a good spot for him to go and be an every-down running back and have a shot at getting 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns. There's a lot of places he can do that, but I think Tampa Bay is one where he can. I'd like to see Calvin Ridley go to the Green Bay Packers. Packers have a lot of draft picks. Maybe they move up in the draft. I don't think they really have to, actually. They're 14. They can just stay right where they're at. And if they don't want to go defense or corner, uh, corner I think is where they're going to end up going. But Calvin Ridley would be an awesome replacement for Jordy Nelson. And then I've got, like, four other spots I think would be fun. The one that I think could be the most fun is Sonny Michel going to Detroit. And they've got a backfield of Legarrett Blunt and Sonny Michel. It could quickly turn into a backfield of Sonny Michel and Sonny Michel. <laughs> if LeGarrette doesn't hold up or, you know, can't average four yards per carry. And I, I think in that offense, they're still going to continue to pass the ball quite a bit. He would be uh, a big upgrade over Amir Abdullah.
3: So you'd you want Barkley to go to the Bucks and not the Colts, huh?
1: That's right. I think I, I look. I think he'll be good no matter where he goes. But I, I wonder if if he would be too good in in Indianapolis. Eh, that sounds crazy. I don't think he would be too. good. We
0: don't want him to be too good. We want him <laughs> just to be good. <laughs> too good, like well, maybe I'll for take, luck. I'll take Barkley to the Colts. That's my favorite spot for him. I think what what Andrew Luck uh, has done with his running backs, especially uh, ones that have the ability to catch the ball like Barkley does. Uh, that would only enhance his fantasy value. So I love him in Indianapolis. I want to see Ronald Geis go to Tampa Bay because I think that would be a good spot for Ronald him. Ronald Jones or Darius? Uh, excuse me, Darius guys go to. Uh, uh, I combine them both. Take I want to see Darius. Geist
1: Don't send them both there. Just pick to, one.
0: Go to Tampa because I think that's a a good landing spot for him. And I really want to see Sony Michelle end up with the Broncos in round two. Uh, I think that would be a good spot for him as well. So uh give me those three running backs and those three destinations.
1: It's funny I've got guys going to Indianapolis. So obviously, whatever running back ends up in Indy, great. Whatever running back ends up in Tampa Bay, great. Whatever running back ends up in New York, and... <laughs> I think. I think the fun thing right now is uh,
0: people that are trying to get to trade for or trade away the number one pick in dynasty leagues. Like I was just asked um, about a potential trade offer of the number five pick in the rookie draft, Deshaun Watson. This is not me. Somebody asked me about this for someone else. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the number five pick in the rookie drafts, and a choice of a host of players. The best was Jordan Reed for the number one overall pick in the dynasty draft. And I said, no way. Um, Wait, what was it
3: say? It again. Say it again.
0: Deshaun Watson,
3: mm-hmm.
0: most likely Jordan Reed, and the number five rookie pick for the number one rookie pick. So to me, that's not a home run. You gotta have a home run if it's Barkley. Now the risk you run is if Barkley ends up in a spot where he's not great right away. Which would most likely be Cleveland, just given the fact that they do have Carlos Hyde and Dukes Johnson. Now, he could still be great. It could be Dalvin Cook, like we saw last year, where he went to a situation with, you know, a veteran in place that just was signed to a team and, and a, you know, capable change of pace third down back. Uh, Cook obviously was great before he got hurt. Uh, but I don't think that Cleveland is the ideal spot for, for Barkley. So what I suggested, oh, well, and the other offer for the same, same, same team was the second and fourth rookie picks, which to me is a little bit better. Oh, yeah. He, if if you if you have to rebuild, you're getting potentially could be Geis and Michelle, could be Geis and Chubb, could be Geis and Jones, uh, could, could be, be Geis and Ridley, could be any any two uh, upper echelon rookies. But uh, that to me is more of a home run. And I said to the, the owner uh, who has the number one pick, I said, ask for a veteran too, you know, just see if you can get something else in return. Uh, but you might just be better off waiting until the draft because if he doesn't up in Indianapolis, or Tampa Bay or Denver, you know, three three teams that are going to be in play for him uh, in terms of Barkley. In the first six picks, seven picks, um, he could be uh, he could be a monster. Do you think Barkley going to Indianapolis
1: could change how they decide to like run and pass? Because like Indianapolis, we we want them to be pass happy, right? Um, but if Barkley goes there, does that take a little bit of that pressure off of Andrew Luck and, and maybe you know lower those pass and attempts he, and, and that they might want that given his shoulder right now? Sure, I mean it.
0: It, it I I think there's just gonna be a change regardless because it's a new head coach and new system. So. There's going to be natural, uh, change. Plus you have luck coming back from not playing the entire 2017 season. But, uh, I think we saw last year that Jared Goff playing with the best running back in football was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Now obviously Andrew Luck's ceiling I think is higher than Jared Goff. So I would probably not necessarily compare those two entirely, but you, you could still get great production from your quarterback, um, while still getting great production from your running game.
3: I think you got to take two and four for the number one overall pick because they're going to be four running backs that, We like, as rookies, landing in in Indianapolis, New York, Denver, Tampa. I mean, they're going to be – like last year, Fournette was – who was the number one pick in Dynasty Draft? Was it Fournette? Fournette. I would have – I'd rather have a combination of – and I'm saying this like before they even played, okay, after the NFL draft. I would rather have had a combination of two of – Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Christian McCaffrey over just one Leonard Fournette. I feel like it's kind of going to be similar this year.
0: No, I I totally agree with you, and and I think the other part of it is um, there's going to be, well, I I guess the flip side of that would be is there's going to be a couple of these guys that we love, Ronald Jones, uh, Chubb, um, you know, whether it's Michelle Geis or or, or even Barkley, that end up in bad situations too. You know, I mean, Philly's in play for one of these guys at the end of the first round. That's not a great situation. when well, they still have Jay Ajayi. now two years from now it could be very good because Ajayi is only on a one-year deal left. But it, you know the Patriots could be in play for guys. You know that's a that's a guy that I've seen a couple of mock drafts. They have you know him going there. So it's not ideal if you're trying to make these trades now if you want to try and maximize your value. Unless of course you're looking at it from the standpoint of does Barkley end up in one of these bad spots too? Does maybe a team trade up because they're so in love with him that he's part of a committee? I also wouldn't rule out, you know, any of these teams that are in the market for running back. They may pass. You know, it would not be a shock if Indy or Tampa Bay says, you know what? We've got a deal in place with C.J. Anderson. If the draft doesn't go our way, we sign him, and he's our guy.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's interesting stuff. I never really thought about trading dynasty picks now, but, uh, you know, probably should. It's fun. The three picks that I would like to see happen, I want to see tight end Dallas Goddard go to the Saints. That just That would be a great, great fit. He could be the next Kobe Fleener. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I want to see the Bengals take offensive guard Willie Hernandez or Will Hernandez. um, Or really, I mean, look, I don't scout the offensive lineman. I don't really care who it is, but I want to see them get. They're not going to get the top offensive guard, Quentin Nelson. So take the second best one. I want to see the Bengals upgrade there for Joe Mixon, who averaged 3.5 yards per carry last year. And here's what instead of the third that I want to see, I don't want to see the Bears take. Notre Dame guard Quentin Nelson because I think it'd be great for Jordan Howard but I don't know how much I like Jordan Howard and I kind of want a reason not to not to draft him and I don't know what kind of ro- ah you mean no I well I don't know what kind of role um you know I don't know how they're going to divvy up the touches in the backfield I I know they said Jordan Howard's going to be a, the bell cow the workhorse whatever I'm not I, that's whatever it's it's April um, so I don't, uh, want to fall in love with a guy because they got the best offensive guard, best offensive lineman, maybe best player in the draft and, uh, and end up with a bust there. So you're
0: so mean. Why? I don't, don't want to like Jordan Howard. <laughs> I don't want to draft him.
3: <laughs> he's not listening.
1: You know, the new Bears offensive line coach was Notre Dame's offensive line coach past couple of years. Yeah. He's not getting by eight. Yeah. I, I would be surprised.
3: Yeah, all
1: right. I, I think he's in play for
0: both Tampa Bay and Indianapolis, too. You know, we're, we're, we're sitting here talking about Barkley. I think he's in play for the Broncos. He's in play for, you know, those two teams. Five, six, seven. I mean, he's going to be in that range.
1: And, Adam, if, if you're going to watch film on one offensive lineman, you won't need more than four minutes of Quentin Nelson to realize just how good he is and
0: just how just like vicious he is. Nice. What do you want the Giants to do, Mr. Giants fan?
3: Uh, I Look, if if they think one of the quarterbacks is great, then they take one of the quarterbacks. If not, I think they should take Chubb. And that's I it. think
0: they should take Chubb, too. I 100% think they should take Chubb.
3: Nobody on this podcast is going to say they should take a running back in the first round. If you want to hear what uh, Will Brinson and Nick Costos think the Giants should do and other topics around the NFL draft all week long, Subscribe and listen. It's free, obviously, to the Pick 6 podcast. You can go to cbssports.com slash podcast, and uh, you can subscribe there. The Pick 6 podcast, six topics, five minutes each, first thing in the morning. They record at night. It gets published super early in the morning for you, uh, and it's a great great show. It's a lot of fun, and this is a perfect time to start listening. Uh, all right, we're going to bring on RJ in a moment, but a couple of things real quick. All right, you want in the uh, podcast, linkers here's what you do. <laughs> So a bunch of people sent me forms, like Google Forms, spreadsheets that people can fill out, and then I can just sort and see who's got the most right answers. I don't know. Bottom line is I'm too lazy and too stupid to understand it. So I think what we're going to do is another suggestion I got from a listener. Send in to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com the top ten picks of the draft. You don't have to tell me the team. You just have to tell me the top ten picks of the NFL draft, obviously before the draft starts on Thursday. Um if you get more than 5 right, I'd say you might you probably won't win unless you have like 7, but we'll just say more than 5. All right, you send in your email to fantasyfootball@cbsi.com and you just list who you think the top 10 players will be on draft night. Then, if you got more than 5 right, you will reply to it or forward it to the same account fantasyfootball@cbsi.com and I will only read the ones that are forwarded. And I will go back and verify that The original email was sent on the appropriate date. You will not be able to cheat here. But you'll look at your picks when it's all said and done. If you got five or more right, you will forward it to me or to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. But the first thing you do is before the draft starts on Thursday, send in your email, uh, send in your, yeah, your list of top ten picks in order. Has to be in the proper order. Okay. That's, I should probably clarify that. (laughs) Um, you have to get the order right.
0: You were leaving yourself open to such a disaster by the way you were phrasing it.
3: Okay, right. So let's clarify. You have to get the order right, not just the picks. It's, <laughs> otherwise, it's not— That guy's getting drafted. <laughs> it, it's not so hard to get five of ten right if you're just getting the players. They have to be in the proper order. So, yeah, at CBSI.com. I think everybody gets it now. Uh, rookie team names. What are the best rookie team names? Well, I came up with two gems. At least I think I did. Maybe I stole them accidentally. But I think I came up with them. Saquon and Hey Darnold. Right? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Here's what the listeners have. The talented Mr. Ridley. Ridley's Believe It or Not. Mm. The People's Courtland. That's good. This one I didn't really get. Rosenbagger in honor of Rookie of the Year, the movie. Rosenbagger.
0: None of you and your
1: listeners.
3: <laughs> my, my listeners. I get that. I like this one. Hot chub time machine.
1: That's good. Clever. The, clever.
3: the yeah, the Derwin theory. For Derwin James. Guns and Rosen. Everything's coming up Rosen. Mm-hmm. Kissed by a Rosen. Don't like that one. Dave hates that song, so to that Dave, I say... <laughs> Sorry that's all That's all. That was a little surprise I had for you Why do you hate that song so much Not going to talk about it Okay fair enough Um, And then uh, what else do we got We got uh, Geis Geis Baby That's a good one And oh say Quan you see And I got to sing So thank you everybody
1: So we got The worst song ever And Seal singing
3: Kissed by a Rose <laughs> Are you just saying that oh say that the star spangled banner is the worst song ever
1: no you singing anything is the worst song ever. i see
3: let's bring rj white out everybody what a song
1: don't don't ever hit on a girl with that song
3: you hit on a girl with that song
1: i'm not talking about
3: it (laughs) oh that sounds like a great story all right now let's bring on rj you remember him from, uh, just a few, epi- you may remember him from a podcast, uh, just a few episodes ago. RJ White is joining us now. RJ, you did a seven round mock draft. You mocked the entire freaking draft. How long did that take, my friend? Good job.
2: Uh, thanks. It probably takes, I don't know, one and a half, two weeks. Um, you know, just from, from start to finish. It's not like that's the only thing I'm doing. You know, I work on it a little bit here and there, but yeah, I'd say, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks.
3: I thought you were going to say one and a half to two hours. No, not quite. A little bit longer uh, than that. that
0: that's uh, that's my seventh round mock draft. One and a half, two minutes.
3: Uh, one yes. and a half, two minutes. Oh, good.
0: Fantasy wise, fantasy wise.
3: Who's Mister Irrelevant, uh, Jamie, in your draft? Oh, that would be. Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All right. Um, so let me. Uh, I'll get the question started here. Who do you think? And obviously, it depends so much, RJ, on on uh, where they end up. But you've been scouting these guys. You've been doing the mocks, doing the research. Who has the best chance to make the most immediate impact other than Saquon Barkley for fantasy owners' uh, purposes?
2: Yeah, I think it kind of depends on um, you know where they go, obviously. Uh, Barkley, I think, is the only can't-miss guy. But it doesn't really matter where he where he's playing. He's going to be successful no matter what. Um, and it also kind of depends on the the format you're playing in. I think Sonny Michel is going to be great in a PPR. I think Darius Geis is going to be great in a standard. So it kind of depends on what you need and, and what format you're in where each of these guys are
0: going. I agree with you on Barkley, but we were just talking about earlier in the show if he ends up in Cleveland, let's just say, with both Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson there. Do you think he'd make an immediate impact in 2018? Would it be like what we saw with Minnesota last year? They signed Latavius Murray, had Jarek McKinnon. That was before the draft, and then they get Dalvin Cook. Could Barkley be that type of player? Like what we saw with Cook, and then they kind of have the the other two guys waiting in the wings, or or is that kind of at least the way I would envision it? Maybe worst case scenario if he goes to Cleveland this year.
2: No, I don't I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think he's a much better player than Cook. I think whoever takes him is going to obviously be taking him really high, and I think that's the kind of guy you're using right away. So even if it is Cleveland, I think he's the number one back. Hyde is spelling him. Maybe Duke Johnson doesn't do too much out of the running back position. He moves around, and catches more balls, but I still think you know Barkley's getting 300 touches no matter where he is.
0: What about the rest of the running back class, RJ? Where do you sort of see the best secondary player going? I know you mentioned, you know, Geis and and, and Michelle and Format, obviously. But again, we were talking, you know, Indy looking at at, at the position, uh, Denver, uh, Tampa Bay. You know, where, what do you see for those teams in particular and and filling that running back need?
2: Yeah, I like Tampa if they can get you know a three down back. Yeah, I think M- Michelle has the 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 ability to play on all three downs so i'd love to see him in tampa i think that would put him as my number two if they don't get barkley obviously in the first round um guys i don't know if he's playing on three downs i think he's going to be be more of a touchdown guy um ronald jones i like he's he's, he's not a guy that you're going to want to put out there 20 25 times a game but you know, he never did that with Jamal Charles either, and that guy was, was special at the running back position. So um, if you put him behind a good line, I think he's going to be good. Um, I, I'd like to see someone go to Denver, uh, especially if they can get Quentin Nelson in the first round and then one of these backs in the second round. I think that, that line is really set up for success. They they have a better quarterback in place at that point. And then if you put, say, Sonny Michelle on Denver, I think he could be primed. They'd be really good out of the gate in fantasy.
1: RJ, do you have a sleeper running back?
2: Besides those four guys, I like uh, – I like, uh, Johnson. could be pretty good. I think he's capable of being a three down back. I think anything you ask him to do, he's going to do. Um, I, I don't know that he's going to have a long term future. He might not be playing at 30, 31, 32, but right out of the gate, I think he's going to be a really good back right away. Uh, biggest sleeper, I think is, uh, Kaelin Ballage out of, uh, Arizona State. He, he has great size, but he also did really well in his athletic testing. He had a good three cone time. He put a four four six forty 40 up with good splits. Uh, he's a good pass catcher. Back in 2016, he had eight touchdowns in one game. So that's obviously going to catch the eye, uh, no matter who it is. Um, and he always was in a committee in college. So it doesn't have as much wear and tear as some of these other guys that, that had to carry the ball, you know, 20 times a game, 25 times a game. Uh, our Chris Trepasso, when he put together his running back comparisons, the comparison he put for Ballard was, uh, David Johnson. And anybody, anytime you see that name in fantasy, you're like, "Oh my god, I, that might be a guy I need to keep an eye out on."
3: Okay, Kalen Ballish, we will keep an eye on him. And actually, RJ brings up a really, a really interesting point, guys. The the big winner of the draft could be one of those first seven or eight picks, right? Uh One of those teams that takes Nelson in the first round and a running back in the second round. I mean, that would be freaking awesome for fantasy, right? Obviously. It would be a great start. would Be perfect. Yeah, that be that would be wonderful. Um, shall we move on to wide receivers, guys? I'd love it. Okay, great. So, uh, who's your favorite wide receiver, RJ? Uh,
2: well, they all kind of do different things. I, I think the interesting thing about looking at the top three names on- in the draft is if you could somehow get them all onto one team, like starting a team from scratch, you'd have an excellent, you know, big guy that that can. Get the ball in contested situations, be great in the red zone in Cortland Sutton. You have a great number two guy that runs fantastic routes and, and, uh, he's probably not going to dominate against top cornerbacks, but he does everything else you need him to do in Calvin Ridley. Then you got a guy who should be fantastic in the slide and DJ Moore is fast, um, should be an elite weapon out of the gate, even if he has a high volume. So all those guys do different spot, do different things, but depending on what you, what spot you need to fill, you, any one of them could be great.
0: Oh, RJ, you got a lot of teams that, that need receiver and need receiving help. Uh, Dallas looks like the most needy right now, just given the, the Des Bryant move and, and what's left on their roster. Is that a team you see addressing wide receiver in the first two rounds, and, and who do you think is the best fit there?
2: I think it kind of depends. I think they might be better pressed because I think this, the draft is pretty deep receiver. So it depends on if they have a guy in another position they like that, that happens to get on like a Leighton Van Der Esch I think would be a good pick for them. If they're going receiver, Calvin Ridley seems pretty smart, but l- like I said, I don't know that I rely on him to be your number one guy. Um, so if they're looking for more of a, uh, kind of what Dez did early in his career, I might go Cortland Sutton and, uh, hope that the offense can get you to the red zone and then throw it up to that big guy and, and get some touchdowns out of him. So if Cortland Sutton goes to Dallas, I'd be interested. But like I said, these guys can all do different things. So, so it kind of depends on what they have their eye on and what type of role they're looking to fill in their offense with one of these guys.
1: Is there a second big receiver that you like behind Sutton? Uh, St. Brown from Notre Dame is almost six foot five, but 214 pounds. Uh, I don't know if you qualify DJ Chark as, is a big receiver. He's just tall and very fast, but it, do, do you have another big physical outside guy? Cause I agree with you. I think there's a lot of receivers in this draft that can probably line up all over the field, but they're probably best in the slot. Guys like Moore, Ridley would be amazing in the slot. I think Christian Kirk is one of those guys. I'm, I'm a big Christian Kirk guy. He's my number four receiver. Anthony Miller. Looks like a slot guy to me, but not a lot of those big outside types. So I'm kind of wondering where your head's at with that type of wide receiver.
2: Yeah, I think if you're looking for a bigger receiver, you're probably looking toward the end, you know, maybe day three, maybe late in day two, um, and then kind of take a chance on a guy, see what you could do. You get guys with good, with really good size that are also good character guys. You know, we're going to work hard. Guys like Deshaun Hamilton out of uh, Penn State and Justin Watson out of Penn, I think, is another one who, who's going to go deep in the draft, sixth, seventh round. But he, he might, you know, luck his way into, into more targets than you think if the injuries pop up and then all of a sudden actually be a pretty solid receiver. Um, so I, I think if you're specifically targeting a big receiver early in the draft, if you don't get Sutton, I don't think you have to kind of push it. I think you look at other places and then try to fill that role later.
3: All right. Dave and Jamie, question for you. If you could pick one wide receiver to go to one team for the best fantasy fit, Dave, maybe you said it earlier with, I think you said Ridley to Green Bay. Um, what would it be? If one wide receiver to one team in the first round. What would your preference be?
0: We did a, uh, a mock draft, which we talked about on CBS Sports, where there were seven of us picking in the first round, and I took Calvin Ridley to the Panthers oh. at 24. I think they need a wide receiver. I do not think Devin Funches is the number one guy. I, uh, Torrey Smith is clearly a specialist, and on the downside of his career at his age in his early 30s. So I think they need to severely address that position. So Ridley... Or D.J. Moore. Cortland Sutton, to me, is not necessarily what they need, just because Funches, I think, does similar things. But I I think they need to go look at Ridley or D.J. Moore for sure.
1: You look at the track record of Norv Turner's offenses, and there's typically a guy there who goes deep and who works 15-plus yard routes most of the time. And I think Ridley could fill that role for them. So I like that fit. I thought that that was a good pick by you. There's a bunch of teams I could use, somebody like Ridley, who... Very quick, good route runner, doesn't have super top-end speed, but still very good speed. Doesn't have great size, but good size. You pretty much know which teams these are at this point, the ones that need receiver help and in a major way. You just hope he doesn't end up in a team where he's going to be relied upon as a number one, like we've talked about, Dallas, or potentially Buffalo could be one of those teams. I, I you, mean, You don't want that for Ridley. You I, want him to go somewhere where he's got company already.
3: I don't really understand, you know, because Ridley is, I think he's super fast. I, I don't know what he, what kind of 40 he ran. RJ, you can fill me in on that. But
1: uh, four, 4 3
3: four, four, That's pretty damn good for a receiver, no?
1: It's particularly good this year. There yeah. weren't a lot of sub-4-4 four, four receivers.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think he
0: could still be a one in the right situation. Like, you pair him with Cam Newton. That's a great situation. You pair him with you mentioned Green Bay. I mean, he's not going to be the number one he there, but be? no. But I, I think he's going to benefit greatly. And and the Buffalo example you gave, we don't know the quarterback's going to be. So if they stay at twelve, let's I don't just say even
1: AJ McCarron no. being that guy.
0: So if if they stay at twelve and they end up with RJ, I don't know who you had, you know, projected to them, or what, I'm I'm sure you uh you know may have them trading. But if they just happen to stay there, and let's just say it, you know. Josh Rosen falls to them, or they, or they fall in love with Mason Rudolph and get him at 22, or it's Lamar Jackson, whoever the case may be. You have to assume that guy's gonna get the, the, if, if they end up with staying at 12 and 22 and get Ridley or DJ Moore or Cortland Sutton, whoever the case may be, that guy's gonna get a ton of targets. So it could be a good situation.
3: RJ, what kind of expectations do you have for Ridley? Because I, I do feel like, um, I almost, I almost feel like since the draft process started, he's been downgraded a little bit. And I wanna know your take on that.
2: Yeah, part of that is he didn't test well at the combine. His vertical was only 31 inches. His broad jump came in at like nine foot two or so, you know something level like that. That everybody was kind of shocked. You you look at the tape and you see a guy that that looks like he could dominate at the next level. Looks great route runner, can do a lot of different things, and uh, puts up these pretty good numbers. even though he's not you know in a high high powered offense for receivers, but then you go to the combine and he doesn't. He looks like a totally different guy. Guys like DJ Moore, DJ Chark, those kind of guys are, are just blazing you know at the combine and putting up huge testing numbers and he's not um so to that point i like him as a number two you know not not taking all of the focus from the from a defense if you put you said um you know put him in carolina i think or green bay was one of the options i like him in atlanta i obviously teams are going to pay so much attention to julio jones that if you get a guy's talented as ridley as the number two I, I think it's pretty hard to stop that passing offense
3: i like that call Who who are some of the other combine studs
2: uh, at the receiver position, uh, yeah. D.J. Eddie- Moore you know, was a big one. Uh, Chark was good. Cortland Sutton did good for his size. Anthony Miller you know, kind of outperformed, I think, what people thought. Um, so those are probably the big ones that come to mind right now. That was-
0: I'll ask you the same question Dave asked you about the running back spot. Where are some sleeper receivers that you like going in maybe day three?
2: Um, I like Ma- Michael Gallup. It kind of depends on where Michael Gallup goes, but he's been compared to Michael Crabtree. Uh, by our Christopher, so he he can get yards after the catch he's good at, at when the ball's in the air you know going up and getting it um, I, he's not going to be like this this massive you know breakout DeAndre Hopkins you know type number one receiver but he does a lot of good things and then those, those big guys that they're high character guys that I think are going to earn their spots on a roster and could perform overperform where they're drafted are guys like Deshaun Hamilton and Justin Watson like I was talking about earlier what about ESB yeah, he's yeah, he's good size, but I don't, I don't know that he's, you know, I I'm kind of more interested in in taking these other guys later than having to spend an earlier pick on him. I just don't know what his upside is long term. I think he's kind of he gets you what he gets you, and I, I don't see the upside of, you know, Corland Sutton obviously, but even even uh, some of the other guys um, you know that I'm talking about as being deep sleepers.
1: It's not like bulky enough because you see a guy that tall and he's just real lean or or do you think it's the drops that he had and maybe he's a little raw? needs a little work. And yeah, a little... It,
2: could, it could be the job. I just don't know. It's 6'5". You kind of want to see more from a guy. It just seems like you can blame some of it maybe on the offense, but it just seems like he should have been better. He should have been more productive to me, and I don't know how he translates on it at the NFL stage. I think he's more upside than he is, uh, you know, in ceiling that people are projecting than, than what he, what he's going to do when he comes in in the first couple of years and, and does something, you know, on the NFL level.
3: So, RJ, let's take a look at tight end. There were three tight ends drafted in the first round last year. O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, David Njoku. How does Goddard compare to those three?
2: Um, Goddard, Goddard's pretty good. He's a great pass catcher. Uh, he can be used in different ways. You know, he's he, he's not like Njoku and Ingram where you're only going to use him You know, as receivers, he you can kind of move him around and do different different things to him. Um, Schraps also compared him to Zach Ertz. Um, is Ertz improved as a blocker? Goddard's probably not as good a blocker as Ertz is right now. But, uh, you know, you can put him on the line. You could split him out out wide and let him, re- you know, be a receiver. I think the interesting guy is Mike Kosecki. His athletic testing numbers were phenomenal. He's going to be a matchup nightmare. He's going to be hard for, for safeties and linebackers to cover, I think.
1: I agree with you. I like him a lot. I love his size. Uh, the fact that he can run a 4'5", while being 6'5", 247 pounds is great. Huge wingspan. 82 and 8 inch wingspan. And, and big hands to boot. So there's a lot I like about him, for sure. RJ, what do you like about yeah, Hayden? It. He's obviously getting a lot of buzz as well.
2: Yeah, it seems like Hayden might be the first one off the board from what, you know, have, hear Prisco and Lock and Forward talk about it. maybe in the first round. A little older than than you would like out of a prospect. I don't know that he has the long-term upside as some of the other guys do because he's already what he is. You know, he's, I think, 25 years old, um, or he's going to be 25 when the season starts um so he's interesting like he's like goddard and that you can move him around and do a few different things with him and uh he excelled you know at the collegiate level like i said he's a little older than the competition it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when he gets on nfl field with guys that that he's not older than and he's maybe not as as physically above and beyond they are and see how he uh responds to it
0: that could be an interesting one though because we always hear about tight end taking at least two years to for those guys to develop You know, it's almost like the third year receiver thing with the tight end position, having to learn how to block and also run routes. And he may be a step ahead of that because of how he is physically. So you wonder if he ends up in the right situation, like Adam was talking about, you know, the the Saints drafting a tight end. If he ends up there with a team that's ready to play now and could fill a need with somebody of his caliber, I wonder if his fantasy value could be maybe a step ahead of some of these other rookies.
2: Yeah, you, you put him on a team that needs a receiving tight end right now, then he he's could be pretty special. Then if you get a team like Carolina who's looking long term, that gets maybe a Gasecki, you know, a little bit later and develops him, that guy in dynasty leagues is going to be you know far beyond what you expect from Hayden Hurst.
3: Okay, yeah. So I just wanted to clarify, you guys were talking about Hayden Hurst, that of South Carolina, and in fact, you are. He is listed at 6'4", 250. Um, any other tight end questions, guys? Or shall we, uh, move on to something else? There's really,
1: to me, I feel like there's really only three really interesting ones for fantasy, ones that might potentially get picked. So I think we cover them pretty good. I think everybody needs to, you know, find out a little bit more about Dallas Goddard. Goddard? How do you Goddard. pronounce that?
3: Goddard. Goddard? Yeah. Goddard, I, yeah.
1: How to pronounce his name.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> he's good for team names. Um, all right, so just just talk. Look, we have a contest where uh, our listeners are going to try to get the top ten picks right in order. Doesn't matter which team they go to, and just to clarify, you have to get them right in order, not just who are the first ten players off the board. Um, so tell us what you expect in the top ten. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to give us your entire top ten, but uh, what what do you what are you thinking right now, RJ? How does it look for you at the moment?
2: Well, a lot of these seem like coin flips. It seems like Cleveland could go either Josh Allen or Sam Donald. The Jets could go either... Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield, you just, it's hard to tell. Uh, I think we can expect Buffalo to trade up and get a quarterback. I don't think they're going to sit tight at 12 and hope that a guy like Rosen or Mayfield, whoever slips, gets to them. Um, if Darnold goes off number one, maybe they can trade into that Giants spot by offering up three first rounders. If uh, Allen goes number one and Giants decide they want to stick and get Darnold, I think Cleveland at number four should be willing to trade down. Um, and if not, certainly Denver and India, especially if they don't get the one guy they want out of the non quarterbacks. Um, so I think you're really looking at four quarterbacks in the first four picks if Buffalo can make that trade up. Uh, Bradley Chubb and Quentin Nelson are going to go in the, the next few picks along with Saquon Barkley in some order. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be five, six, seven. It just kind of depends on, on who's available where. I think Derwin James could sneak in there. Denzel Ward's a possibility. Um, but besides those guys, I think you're looking, you know, mostly defense from there on out. James is going to be a good pick. I don't think Nika Fitzpatrick gets out of the top 10. I know there's a lot of buzz about, Roquan Smith and Tremaine Edmonds both being top 10 picks just because linebackers don't don't get taken as high as uh, they have in the past. I think maybe those are the guys that slip a little bit for guys like Derwin James and Fitzpatrick to go a little higher. So I, I would probably put those 10 names and Edmonds makes 11, you know, down down in my top 10, top 11. And then uh, whoever trades back to number 12 with Buffalo, it kind of depends on, on, on who's on the board there and who fits best there.
3: Dave uh, sent me a, a good note, something I completely forgot. Um, quarterback. <laughs> quarterback, that position here. Yes. Nobody
0: cares about that. Yeah,
3: right. It's really not a big deal. Um, it is a, a bit of a split opinion on, on how good this quarterback class is. RJ, what do you think? How good is this quarterback class?
2: Um, I, I don't, I don't know that it's going to be, you know, 2004 with Eli and Rivers and Big Ben and all, all these, these long, long term starters. It kind of depends on what systems they go into, where they have a good fit, and, and can they develop. I like them to go to teams that they don't have to start right away. Even if Buffalo trades up for a guy, I hope that they play McCarron some and let let the rookie um, get his feet wet. Because I don't see anybody that comes in here and and should be you know dominant from day one. I'd like all these guys to get get a feel for what they're doing at the NFL level and kind of get get up to speed. I don't think anyone is transcendent in that sense. Um, I like Darnold. I like, like how his arm uh, is in decision-making probably plus weapons. I don't know that he, he doesn't have great mobility and it, it, his, uh, he, he was a turnover prone, you know, in his last year, I think that's all correctable. Like I said, if you don't push him early on, that kind of thing can be corrected. So I would put him number one, kind of obviously depending on what scheme we're talking about. I don't know that I like Josh Allen as much uh, accurate, accuracy issues are hard to overcome yeah, at the NFL level and, you can make the P. Prisco makes the argument, and you can make the argument that oh, he wasn't playing with anyone at Wyoming, and none of these guys are going to be, you know, obviously NFL players. Um, but still, I think there was a—I don't know which site it was—but they did like an advanced tracking on accuracy, kind of ball ball placement where you're putting the ball, and he failed on that level as well. You know, his numbers were far far lower than everyone else. So I just don't know what he's going to do in the end on the NFL level as far as accuracy is concerned. And, that's the one thing that you really can't afford to, to, uh, you know, be bad at as an NFL quarterback is your accuracy. If you're throwing the ball into the dirt or you're overthrowing it over guys, um, you know, they don't have a chance to catch it. Then what's going to happen? So uh, I would put him kind of at the bottom of those top four. And I put Darnold at the top, I think.
1: I was going to ask you to rank all five, Darnold, Rosen, Mayfield, Allen, and Jackson.
2: Let's say Darnold one, let's say Rosen two. uh, You know, the, I think the, awareness and, and off field he has a lot of interest outside of football i think that's overblown i think when uh when quarterbacks do that and they have success you can write off those things so it doesn't matter they're a fire leader anyway and if they don't then that's what you ding them for when it's really all about what happens on the field so i like Rosen number two i think he he's he does every he doesn't can't make every throw he's not Darnold as far as where his arm is but he's everything else he has great feet pretty good mobility i think um Good decision making. So I like him too. Baker Mayfield would be three. Um, great accuracy. Um, he gets dinged for being short. He gets dinged for Oklahoma's offense. Um, but I think he could still excel at the next level. Obviously it depends on what system he gets in. And, uh, if they're trying to build around his strengths rather than trying to force him to do something that he might not be the best at. I would put Jackson over and I think he's a great playmaker. Um, it has experience in a pro style offense. So I don't think he's coming into the league like, completely raw as far as a passer. I think he, he's going to know what he has to do to succeed. Uh, playing with Petrino at Louisville, you know, you get you get some of those pro-style concepts. Um I'd like to see him in Buffalo. As a Buffalo fan, I'm kind of falling in love with staying, like you guys were saying earlier, staying at 12, keeping all your picks, not trading up, and then actually taking Lamar Jackson and fit him into Brian Dayball's offense there. So I'd put him four and then Allen five, you know, bringing up the rear.
1: I feel like Jackson needs to be in the right type of system, kind of like Mayfield, where they both need to be in in a position to succeed based on their strengths versus somebody like Allen, Donald Rosen, where I think you can put them in pretty much any type of scheme and they'll be okay.
2: That could be possible. I mean, I think scheme depend, scheme dependency could be a factor for all these guys. I, I don't think there's anybody here that's going to be, you know, a can't miss starter no matter what. I I think it really is on whoever's their offensive coordinator, whoever's their coach, to build the offense around them, which seems like, you know, dull. I, everybody should be building to your quarterback strengths. But if you try to take a guy and fit him and make him do things that he might not be comfortable with, that's when it starts to fall apart. Say, do the things that he was successful with in college, build around that, and then if you want to add things on down the road, go for it.
3: Remember, everyone, to download the CBS Sports app and watch HQ for all of your draft coverage, the entire draft. Uh, we'll be covering it on CBS Sports HQ. And remember to check out RJ's seven-round complete mock draft and everything else that we've got from RJ White and others on CBSports.com slash NFL slash draft. RJ, thank you for joining us again, sir. And I will leave you with this. Which team name, which rookie team name do you like better? They're both my creations. They're both wonderful. Saquon or hey Darnold? hey Darnold? Hey Darnold. Hey Darnold it is. All right. Thank you, RJ. Have a good one, sir.
2: Thanks,
3: guys. Well, Dave, actually, the last thing you brought up is is really interesting. I I don't know where I want Lamar Jackson to go. I don't think I want him to go to Arizona, and that seems to be the team that gets linked to Jackson the most right now or among the most. And, uh, I, uh, gosh, I feel like there are some bad times ahead for that franchise, and I don't know, man. I, I, obviously, Bruce Arians isn't there anymore, so there's some uncertainty. Where do you guys want to see Lamar Jackson go? So he is somebody I'd be very interested in drafting in the second round. Of a dynasty draft, maybe. Third. How about New England? I thought about that too. I just can't. I just can't see it. You know, like I, it would be so different for New England. It would. Well, be I mean, they different. did
0: trade for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I mean, they traded away Jacoby
3: Brissett. Yeah, they did. And Lamar Jackson's different than Brissett, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson is different than almost any quarterback ever. Right? The way he runs and throw, he doesn't throw that well, but the way he runs, he's a, you know a wide receiver, so to speak. They never. Nobody ever said percent should be wide receiver. You're right, Jamie. You're right. But he, he, Lamar Jackson is extremely unique. He's Vic. Um, I don't hey, know. Where, where do you want to see him go?
0: I, I mean, I, I think a team like I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with RJ's, um, prediction of of Buffalo. I think that would be, um, fun. And, and you know, put, what,
1: put him with a team that that just lets him play. It's funny because the Bills and Patriots kind of have a couple of things in common when you look at the coaches there. Brian Dable used to be in New England. He's running a system that could certainly work with Lamar Jackson in Buffalo. The Patriots are the kings of creativity when it comes to football. They can find ways to utilize Jackson's strengths and eventually have him as the replacement for Tom Brady. That would be something. Really comes down – and, like, you bring up Arizona as a possible place for Lamar Jackson – I wouldn't like it because you've got Mike McCoy there, you've got a new head coach there, first time head coach, defensive minded coach. I wonder if if that would stunt him a little bit and slow him down and not give him a chance to really maximize. What his upside is, which is being a very good, very productive and very high stat producing NFL starting quarterback.
3: He had he had 3100 rushing yards in his last two seasons combined. That is incredible. Yeah, More I, you know,
0: I I think a lot of a lot of people get concerned about was was he just a product of of how good Bobby Petrino is? Oh I mean, sure, he, he's an elite athlete, but was you know he just so good in a great system.
3: I'm trying to look up if he's a record holder, and I, I cannot find it. So I will not. Be... I thought he
0: was a. a... I think he's in the MP3s. I was going to say CDs.
3: <laughs> nice. Hey, by the way. It's not just getting the first 10 picks, right? It's the order counts. The order Listen, counts. If you
0: get five guys in the first round, <laughs> get a hamburger and a spot in our oh, podcast. League.
3: What a burger I had. I went to Gordon Ramsay's Burgers in Vegas on uh, Friday. Oh man, so good. Lots of mushrooms on it? I did get the mushroom burger, yes. Mushroom guy. I love it. I love it. I had a mushroom pizza last night, in fact. Where else did you go? In Cause Vegas? you're a fungus. Where else did I go in Vegas? I went to, when well, we stayed at the Aria, it was very nice. I went to Gordon Ramsay, I went to the steakhouse at the Aria. I gotta tell you, it was, uh, pretty overrated. It was, it was fine, it was fine, it wasn't great. <laughs> I went to a pool party at Cosmopolitan, which was, uh, interesting. There was a TV, um, I don't know, 20 feet away with all the NBA playoff games on and that's basically while everybody else was actually having fun I I was actually I did have fun but in my own way. I was just watching the uh the NBA playoffs, the Heat, Sixers to start. And there was a beautiful girl standing right underneath the TV almost the entire time because they had like food and drinks underneath the TV. And it looked like I was checking her out for 5 straight hours, but actually I was <laughs> watching the game and I'm sure you guys would actually believe that.
0: She stood there for five straight hours?
3: Well, she, it, she had like a little cabana, right? And they had a TV there. And so she stood in that cabana for five hours and they had, like I said, the food and the drinks were under the TV. So she was like always there. And luckily nobody said anything, but, it but looked, she was
1: the, she, she was paid to be there. No, itself.
3: she was just, she was just, she's a guest. Yeah.
1: She's hogging
3: out. Was On she a camel? Drinks? She doesn't have to go to the bathroom. She wasn't there the entire time, but it, it, it did sort of look like I was staring at her for, for So you were
0: peeping her
3: yes yes I, I, of course i was, looked a little <laughs> that's, you know but uh, nah, i was mostly watching the game and we had a good time it was a great weekend great weekend for a bachelor party good weather good times did you a, win no i've made three sports bets and lost them all and uh lost at blackjack too so not that much you know um <laughs> That I saved that for the other activities. So, anyway, let's read some emails. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And this email is from Jason in Austin. Hey, Nicholas, Andrew, Toby, and Tom. Man, throughout the years, these have gotten so obscure.
0: The Spider-Man ca- actors? Oh, maybe. Nicholas? Andrew? Was one Andrew Garfield was one. Yeah. Toby, Toby was Toby. one. And Tom it's with an
1: one. E. T-O-B-E-Y. So that's what it is. It's Spider-Man. What's what's the first name, though?
3: Nicholas. I don't know who Nicholas is. Maybe the original. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. All right. 12. Good, good job. Yo. I have webs. <laughs> the World Wide Web. I invented it. 12-team standard scoring. Keep right wow Oh, yeah. He does do that. Kareem Hunt in the second round. Keep one here. Kareem Hunt in the second, Alan Robinson in the fourth, Derrick Henry in the ninth, or Carson Wentz in the tenth? I'll, go ahead, Henry, I'll go ahead and read it again. I'll read it again. Standard league. Standard go scoring. The ninth. Uh, you going with who?
0: Derrick Henry in the ninth. Okay, it ninth. is really good value.
3: Yeah, it is. Over Hunt in the
0: I i I'm gonna take Hunt though.
3: Really? Yeah. Take the burden. Does the it hand.
0: does it concern you at all that they're adding all of these running backs? Is it more a concern of Spencer Ware not being ready as the number two guy? But they signed three guys this offseason. Name the guys. They signed Damien Williams, Kerwin Williams, and William Williams. William Williams. Of <laughs> all the Williams. Uh, maybe it's just those two guys. But getting Ware back
1: and Spencer Ware's back, I don't care. I just wonder. I if just he, I know what. Andrew, I mean, look, Kareem, Andrew, Kareem, Andrew Reed. Kareem, Hunt, Kareem
0: Hunt's a star. <laughs> Andrew and, Reed. You know, leading the NFL in rushing yards last year certainly speaks to that as a rookie. But I just wonder if, you know, he had that stretch in the middle of the season where he was not good. Crappy, yeah. And I just wonder if they're trying to maybe lessen the load. Because you, if you recall, we all thought that Kareem Hunt was going to be the better of the two, but it was still expected to be a timeshare with Spencer Ware. So I just I just wonder a little bit about him maybe oh, having a little bit of a sophomore slump.
1: You think- I don't want that thought in my mind.
3: We should be uh, aware. Aware. Eh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh This is from Mike, and where is Mike from?
1: Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. Dear. I was watching you watching the gal.
3: <laughs> she was something. Dear Brandon, Cameron, Austin, and Willie. Superman. I feel like those are Ravens.
1: Why? Because of Willie.
3: Austin Collie, is he ever on the Ravens? No. Um
1: Cameron Bray was never on the Ravens.
3: I feel like the, I, I'm feeling slottish receivers. Brandon, Cameron, Austin, and Willie. I don't know. All right. Oh, this is Mike from Texas, by the way. You were wrong. Ten-team, half-point PPR, keep two. I'm keeping Michael Thomas. I'm not sure between Zach Ertz in the eighth or Josh Gordon in the seventh. He seems to really want Gordon, guys. So what do you think? Would you take Ertz in the eighth or Gordon in the seventh?
1: I like Gordon, but I'm not passing on Ertz in round eight. I think we've seen what
0: Josh Gordon's upside could be when everything is perfect, and he had that one perfect season where he was the number two fantasy wide receiver. Zach Ertz, however, has been trending in the right direction for three straight years, and you just have to wonder if there's still a higher ceiling to go for him because his targets, catches, and yards for the last three seasons have almost been identical, but the touchdowns finally was the breakthrough season last year, and I just wonder if there's still a little bit more to go.
3: Sean in a city east of Toronto. London. I was going to say Beijing. We were both uh, <laughs> both on the same page. He says, hey, Mike D, MCA, and Ad Rock. That's the Beastie Boys. 12-team keeper league. We are booting two GMs who have had repeated violations over multiple years. We've tried finding fab, increased the round of draft picks beforehand, but it's come to this. We're booting them. If we don't get high quality replacements, what's the most fair way to return their players to the draft tool, draft pool? We've got high quality players like Beckham, Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon. Should there be a contraction draft of sorts, or do we just put them in the available player pool? Uh, P.S., I think, I, I like the show a lot, but Adam's Twitter takes are so terrible that even when I agree with them, I question myself and what I already believe to be true. Na 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 na! na he wrote that. <laughs> Uh, how would you get rid put of them these in two player teams? Pool.
1: Play them, put them right back in the player pool and draft accordingly. All right. That way everybody still gets – the remaining 10 teams still has their picks in the draft. It's going to make for an interesting draft.
3: Listen, I want to tell you another tweet. I haven't tweeted this yet, but this is a naser take, okay? Oh, God. I discovered a TV show yesterday. I had never seen it before. I'd never heard of it before. I liked it so much I have been telling everyone who will listen to watch it.
1: I wonder if it's the same one that I've just discovered.
3: It is called Trial and Error. No, not the same one. Starring John Lithgow, it is so damn funny, and it's short. Short episodes are like 22 minutes. It's on NBC. Um, I've only seen four episodes. I love it. That is my Twitter take that I'm saying on the air. Everybody, if you if you listen to me for one thing, the entire year, it's not fantasy. It has nothing to do with fantasy. It's Trial and Error.
1: Go go to the Cosmo Pool and and (laughs) watch TV. That's the one thing you want to say.
3: <laughs> what show did, uh, did you discover?
1: The Last OG. Oh,
3: that looks great.
1: It's hysterical.
3: Okay, I'm, it, in. I'm in on that. It, it's great. Uh Question from Tony. $200 budget. All three are $5. I can only keep one. Ertz, Thielen, or McKinnon?
1: Ertz. I think it has to be Ertz. Ooh, I hate giving those guys back.
3: Mm. Yeah. This is Chris Jackson from Hobart. No, no. Hobart, Tasmania, Australia. I don't have it. I don't have it. That that wasn't bad. All right. I think that was good. Thank you. Jamie, don't tell him that it sucked. Let's just (laughs) (laughs) go. What did you say, Dave?
1: Nah, nothing, nothing. Just picking my nose.
3: Oh, man. Sorry, that, was, that would have had much more impact if I didn't mess up on how to hit play. I started whistling it too. <laughs> <laughs> or you play it. Uh, good night, Steve, David, and Cameron. Dig deep. That's a topical Australian reference. David, Steve, David, and Cameron. Yeah, I don't know. What are your top five PPR Paint receivers? Who are they? <laughs> I don't know. Australian <laughs> you, Beastie you seen, Boys. I seem to
0: think Cameron is, is, is always associated with the same.
3: Yeah, they're on the Ravens. I've been uh okay what are your top 5 dynasty PPR rankings at quarterback, wide receiver and running back? I know that you guys aren't going to have those right now but I've been seeing Wentz as a top 3 guy despite knee injury, Barkley as a top 5 running back despite all the top talent at running back. Wide receiver is fairly uncertain who's going to be the future. So how would you like to answer this question? I mean this is a topic for another show but would you have Wentz as a top three guy? Would you have Barkley as a top five guy in Dynasty? For
0: sure.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to rank the running backs. And Barkley would be in the top five. Would he be one? No.
0: Because Gurley's still young enough that
1: he's one. Would he be two?
0: Uh He might. Right situation. He might mm-hmm. be. Um Receiver, I think there's not a rookie that's going to change the way I would probably rank them. And I still think you got to look at Beckham and Evans and Hopkins. As the top three guys, you know, Antonio Brown's going to start to slide a little bit just because of his age. Michael Thomas is, is going to be in, in that group probably as well. Quarterback, though, I think you look at it, and, and I would still think Rodgers is one. Wentz is up there, though. I mean, Wentz and Watson, their ceiling is high as we saw last year, and, and the longevity should be there. Hopefully they're healthy for many, many years.
3: If I were going to be hot takey, I don't know if I believe this, but I would I would put Dalvin Cook as my number two dynasty running back.
1: Wow. I love Dalvin Cook. There's no way I would put him ahead of Saquon. Why? Or Gurley.
3: I, I'm telling you, if Dalvin if Cook did not have off-field issues, he would have 100% been a first-round pick. He wouldn't have been the number two overall pick or anything like that.
0: No, but he might have been where McCaffrey went.
3: Yeah, it was, what, eight, seven, eight, something like that? I think it was eight. Uh,
0: but I, I think you look at it, though, the, the running backs are interesting because, again, Kareem Hunt was fantastic last year. Kamara was fantastic last year. Uh, so was Kamara. Um you know, you have, uh, you have Zeke still, you know, with uh, what should be, you know, good offensive line. I, I think people are still going to overlook David Johnson, who's young and, you know, extremely talented. So it, it's it's a loaded position. But if Barkley ends up, you know, if Barkley and Andrew Luck are paired together for the next five years, you really have to look at running back as, you know, five-year max. I would say three years is what you, you, your best bet is. But Gurley looks legit in that offense with Goff. If Barkley gets that type of scenario with good coach, good quarterback, you know, hopefully good offensive line, he could be a star for years,
3: fellas. This has been fun. I want to thank R.J. White. I want to thank Seal, and David, go, James. Go,
0: go read his seven. I mean, that that's a two week process. That's that's that deserves to be read and deserves to be seen. Go go, please go look at that. He put
1: trades into it. He's it. It is a lot of fun. It's sorted by team. Is it the only so one in, the, in, the, in the, the industry that's out there? I mean, no, most people do no, like a like a lot a, of people do seven round mock drafts, but I really like the way that he put it together, and I and I like his opinion. So yeah. I, I think there's – I think it's worth everybody's time. You could probably just Google R.J. White seven-round mock draft and it'll come right up. Yeah, and, and
0: I think, you know, you, you heard R.J. on our uh, mock draft review. R.J.'s been in a lot of our mock drafts over the last couple of years. He's a very good yeah. fantasy player. Um, R.J. and I went head-to-head in a, a dynasty final this past year. He knows his stuff, you know, so he's not just a, a good NFL analyst um, that we use him for. He's, he's one of our NFL editors, so he, he – Double checks and checks everything that our NFL guys do, and he also does a lot of writing for us, which
1: has been fantastic. The, one yeah, thing but I... the only thing wrong with him is that he's a Bills fan. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a personal issue that he's got.
3: Yeah, and the one thing I don't know about RJ, I think I know, but I'm not sure. And I don't want you guys to tell me. I think everybody should find out for themselves. Is it RJ or is it R period J period? Find out when you Google his name and his mock draft. That is it. See you later. We'll talk to you Friday after the NFL draft round one. All right. God, let It's all.